me and my co-host Jared are simpatico. Uh, the only thing. The reason why here. we've been friends for 30 years, but yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, your placement is better because we are talking about mm-hmm. Two Days in the Valley, uh, which I think we kind of mentioned. Um, that was, what was that, uh, a couple episodes ago? I can't remember with, when uh, we broached that. It was probably with Hyro and then it all, I don't remember. Yeah, so terrible, <laughs> terrible episode. I try to block it out. You have one minute to decide the rest of your life. On the day it happened, two vice cops were doing their duty. This is a nice place to live. I would like to keep it that way. A woman was living on the edge. You've never done that before. An art dealer was falling apart. And a director was ready to call it quits. But a murder... And you let him sit up. ...was one way to bring them all together. Get comfortable. He's dead. I need to call the police. Lady, we are the police. Reicher Entertainment presents... This is where you get out. Roy Stammer, you killed him. A story of intrigue. What's going on? This guy's holding us hostage. Greed. What are you going to do? I'm going to get our money. Surgery. You don't have to be that homely. I'd pay for implants and liposuction, but don't take it as an insult. Coincidence. My partner and I discovered this crime scene this morning. Uh, I think that Becky Fox might be in on this. Really? <laughs> Captivity. You got any uh, pasta here? Any marinara sauce? You want us to cook for you? No, no. I'll cook. Rivalry. I mean, I know we're Valley detectives, so we're not all that bright, but how stupid does he think we are? Bravery. Go ahead. Shoot me. What are you, crazy? I, I think he's suicidal. We all have our floors. Dogs. He's not vicious. He just wants to fetch. He's waiting for you to throw the gun. And ammunition. I'm a police officer. Stay where you are. What the hell's going on up there? Maybe that's how they make love in Titanic. <laughs> in LA one moment in time time's up two days in the valley another dog Uh, feeling Minnesota because we were talking about Tarantino-esque movies from the mid 90s and uh, we said this one fits the bill but I didn't really remember much about it except I didn't like it so Mm I was trying my best year to get this in, oh God, on fucking Halloween weekend, because mm-hmm. I was <laughs> deathly afraid that it was going to leave HBO come November 1st, <laughs> and I did not want to have to pay for it. Not to sound too much like Hyro. I was but, say Hyro's uh, ghost is here. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't know how to find things online. Uh, oh, at least right. I have a, I do have a clock where I'm like, I know where it is. I know where that truck free. has things fall off of it. <laughs> yeah, go back to our racer episode when I went fucking nuts about crackle or pluto or whatever that took it roku to tv <laughs> took it off when i was watching it for free uh but what i did remember was that uh this is uh charlie's 
Thrones, uh, I guess, I think it's her first screen appearance. Uh, definitely first speaking part, first role. Because uh, they, they advertise the hell out of her uh, in this, like, white lingerie. And the reason Jared and I have been friends for so long is we're on the same wavelength. We show up with our Zoom backgrounds. Jared, though, who currently has his hand <laughs> in the chesticle area, um, is not blocking her with her legs spread as uh i don't i don't mean to spoil the movie or the mood jared uh she is spreading her legs for james spader with red hair and there goes my boner it's gone so maybe that's he has his hair in this one maybe that's why i'm blocking her you know with me it's you see the legs are spread but you don't see the goods and jared being the nasty hellcat no this is on brand for me so yeah, you see it. All right, so had you uh, had you seen this movie? Before? Never before. I had heard seen of it? anything. Uh, just in as much as I've seen a picture of Charlize Theron on the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the extent of. Uh... When has she been naked before? Jared learns what is two days in the valley. That's mm-hmm. the answer to that Jeopardy question. I appreciate places like Mr. Skin and such through my youth. I didn't have to watch this whole movie. They point out exactly where I need to watch and what I need to watch. And, uh, yeah. In as much as there's a plot, it is a uh, various cast of characters. This is a Jared Dotson IMDb summary, (laughs) which has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like ten words in it. Mm. 48 hours of intersecting lives and crimes in Los Angeles. We really like Pulp Fiction, in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> but it much. could be hotter, I guess. Like, would you like a version where Uma Thurman uh, goes topless? Well, yes, I would. Yes. <clears throat> and then I see it, and I'm like, hmm, I do need something a little more than that. Because I get that with Charlize here, and the movie's still garbage. Not at the cost of uh, a whole two hours of plot that is... Uh... Aimless. Aimless, silly, pointless. Uh, I mean, pick your poison. <laughs> Aimless and yet too complicated. Um, you have, you know, not even crooked cops. I guess you have stupid cops mm-hmm. here, played by Jeff Daniels and uh, what is the other guy's name? Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Um, Mask. And... <laughs> Bob Seeker fan. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. <laughs> fucked up face um <laughs> yeah they, they only kind of come into it uh, i really i couldn't tell you why jeff daniels is here like it, his plot line kind of comes to a sad dead end where he lives across from a golf course and his windows are constantly being broken uh he's having to send a present to his child that assigned your first daddy which tells you things aren't going too well uh and then uh opening up a, a letter saying hey you can't be a cop anymore because you're a fucking nutter <laughs> that's and that's he doesn't really rope into the rest of it but that's that was uh you know the rest of them have this crazy stupid love thing going on where it's like eventually all the characters will Mm. run into each other but it's mainly a uh modern western mano a mano gunfight between uh danny aeo and uh you know the aforementioned james spader uh the supreme dork and then the (laughs) other I don't know, sad sex that around a guy that wants to kill himself that has a dog and then a jerk like Hollywood dude who's like mean to his assistant. It's, it's a, it's a cast full of loser characters all intersecting and and for the life of me, I can't tell like, 
if you have somebody that is an offshoot that you know the B story that ends like it has no bearing whatsoever, no bearing. But so I thought that, Jeff Daniels was gonna do a falling down thing where it's like doesn't have his family, doesn't have his job. <laughs> he was gonna come somehow come back in the movie just guns blazing and just I was like, man, this is gonna be the movie where every, basically every character wants to kill themselves and something, <laughs> and then they find an avenue. Uh, to where they don't care if they're getting shot at because that was the intent of uh, of the day. Uh, a cat fight with Terry Hatcher. She's a sober cinema yeah. alum, not in the Hall of Fame uh, for 1996, but she's a cat fight with Charlize Theron. Yet again, you leave a couple of women alone long enough. <laughs> That's it. Hope I picked up uh, an older female demographic from our first wives club where uh, instead of uh, asking for the perspective of a woman, I go to... A young man who's just into older women and say, what do you think about this? And uh, even he was disappointed. So Derek of uh, the grand gesture there. This was not, you know, it wasn't as critically reviled as I thought. It's got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. I I thought this was one of those, like, trash Tarantino ripoffs that everyone hated. Like, there was one called Things to Do in Denver when you're dead with Andy Garcia. There's a bunch of these type Mm -hmm. of things. But, no, this got kind of a pass. For what? I don't know. Um, Charlie's. Charlie's. <laughs> I, I looked through. I, what did Ebert? That's the one that I always go for. Ebert mm. or Siskel. What did they have to say about it? Shoot me. What are you, crazy? I, I think he's suicidal. We all have our flaws. I like the ingenious way the plot linked together, somehow connecting all of these very different people. I like the vignettes of the way people work and live. And I also like the way... John Hertzfeld, who wrote and directed it, found so many different notes in the dialogue, from tough to weird to funny. I liked it, too. And I actually found, of all the characters, probably the one that I would have least expected to be compelling was that blonde woman, uh, played by Charlize Theron. It would seem to be the kind of throwaway dumb bunny that you'd Mm -hmm. find in a picture, but there's an earnestness about her, (laughs) an energy of her character and the performance Mm -hmm. that's hard-edged and not silly. And, and the desperateness of her, of her character, mm-hmm. the, the, the sick joy of her character, all of that is, I think, in very much the spirit of this picture, which I liked a lot, too. You know, one thing I thought about watching these characters, you know, six degrees of separation, we're all just yeah. six degrees separated from anybody else, or three degrees. These people all seem to have gotten within about one degree and then fallen back. And that's it. They all live on the outskirts of this Los Angeles that's created in the media and in our imaginations and in movies. And they all want to kind of connect with the world around them, and they all fail. They have these, yeah. these, these kind of tawdry ambitions. Well, the spirit of the valley, and the reason it's placed in the valley, of course, is that you've got this seemingly lovely setting, and yet it has its tawdry side. Yes, there are too many street signs in the valley. They're all over the place, and there are too many of these fringe characters whose lives just aren't exactly what they wanted to create when they decided to move west to uh, California. Coming up next, an emotional thriller called Caught about a drifter who is taken into the bedroom of a woman bored with... Well, here's a positive one that I wanted to mention from Stephen Holden of the New York Times. So, you know, just a little blog there Mm -hmm. uh, that said, called it a sleek, amusingly nasty screen debut by a filmmaker whose television credits include an Amy Fisher docudrama. That's a weird... He starts off, like, you know, talking about how awesome it is, and then there's, like, sort of like a... 
twist of the knife there, like made by some fucking nobody who <laughs> works in TV movies. Uh, so I, you know, it's hard to judge without you know clicking into the full reviews. As far as like, yeah, was that just like a mediocre thing? But uh, that's not a splat. What did Ebert think of this? I will look that up. While I'm doing that, can you uh, judge the uh, for the uh, Mr. Skin people of the world? Uh, what do you think of the cat fight? Between Miss Hatcher and Miss Throne. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you got Charlie's in a uh, actual cat suit or a body suit. <laughs> what was with her being an all white? <laughs> it, uh, you know what? As deep as this movie goes, I'm sure it was just like the blood will show up better if we have a white cat suit. Eh. <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, Ebert gave it three stars. Jesus. Yeah. Um said the movie will remind you of Altman Tarantino, but the uh, director here is uh, good at uh, sort of aping that method. Uh, <clears throat> Hersfeld, the director, begins with inexplicable scenes and unexplained actions and then connects the dots until everything comes together. The ending is neat and ingenious. Jesus. Man. They're all sad shitheads. What are they talking about this being a cool, like, this has nothing to do, this is not even close to any Tarantino character. The story, Jared, is so complex, according to Mr. Ebert. Oh. You wonder if he started at the ending and had to work backward to connect all those dots. Yeah, I got out my thumbtacks and my red yarn, and then I was <laughs> going along with this piece of shit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy as hell. I can't. That's why this this is why when Rotten Tomatoes is uh, useless because I would have never in my life imagined that this film would be what is it sixty three sixty two yeah the audience uh, went into the fifties audience went splat well, on that which I every now and then <coughs> I had a the audience gets conversation right. today I had a conversation with uh, Dave my co-host on off screen death because I was I was citing that sort of comparison mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the movie we were talking about but uh, just download all my shows you know, all the links click on all of them <laughs> I'm not going to give you any uh, tidbits or clues <laughs> into my them. genius <laughs> I think it's so good I just throw these thoughts away I which don't even episode who knows <laughs> <laughs> it's not because they're all so inconsequential <laughs> it's a tease is what it is um, I don't know how the audience score is. Like, can you and I, I guess, just create a Rotten Tomatoes account and be like ranking things as an audience member? Because what really is the point of that I, metric? I actually thought about that whenever I was watching this movie. I was like, I think I'm going to come up with my own website, and it's going to be Did I Stop the Movie to Go Use the Bathroom dot <laughs> com? <laughs> and I did not stop this movie when I went to the bathroom. That's my barometer for it. Here's where I'm at fault. Um, so last week we did First Wives Club over mm-hmm. a Bruce Willis action movie that we didn't remember. So while we weren't favorable to First Wives Club, uh, this weekend... Well, sometimes uh, you got a mind for here, comedy, so... And we also went with what was populous, right? Because nah, yeah. this episode is celebrating <laughs> late, mind you. This is I've already mentioned uh, Halloween weekend. It is November. <laughs> we are celebrating September 27th, 1996, and I promise you we'll catch up as soon as we fire higher off the show. Me and Jared can bang these out. <laughs> Give us one weekend, and we'll have covered 10 years of cinema, I assure you. Um, First Wives Club was number one again in its second weekend. Uh, Couldn't get enough million. of Bette Midler. Couldn't. And um, actually, this is strange for the time period. Uh, they actually gained uh, theaters in that time period. You know, usually you just keep losing them. But mm-hmm. uh, such was the sensation that was First Wives Club. I did not go with the populist pick as far as a new film as we make our way uh, 
thankfully towards the yeah. end of 1996 <laughs> uh something called extreme measures so i'm, I'm gonna try to uh absolve myself of this jared we didn't know the bruce willis movie from last weekend do you know what extreme measures is because it was the top new film coming in second place behind first wife's club i see gene hackman Mm, okay maybe i don't absolve myself and i did not I know what this was see hugh grant eh. and i see a All syringe right. <laughs> other than that i have no idea what this you had is. me until hugh, hugh grant in the mid 90s like i'm sure it's a thriller right you say there's a syringe on the poster yeah the title. I doubt not it's, all know. surgery is intended to cure don't move a muscle <laughs> so not nine months to and not what we're after here <laughs> Um, Gene Hackman, you know that that could have provided. It probably look. I'll be honest. It probably was better than this. I, I went probably with perversion. I went with I, what well, I do remember was Charlize Theron. <laughs> I remember nudity. Naked. <laughs> Maybe if Gene Hackman had a nude scene, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, if uh, he just well, that was old dong Whoa. from Hugh Grant. Full Gene dong. Amazing. <laughs> this type of. Uh, Film criticism only belongs on something called the Jack Shack, which uh, we have not been allowed to rename the mm-hmm. show, which would be more appropriate. Uh, Two Days in the Valley opened uh, in fourth place behind Fresh Wives Club. Uh, Gene, what did you call him? Dong? Full Dong. Gene Dong. Gene Dong. <laughs> Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Uh, so it only opened to $3 million, mm. but it was only on in 769 theaters. So I guess this was something that was, uh, you know, attempting to be like an indie breakout, uh, type thing. Um, and just didn't happen. Uh, I don't know what, um, <laughs> Ebert was talking about at all here. Uh, I would imagine this did well ish on video if they just really kept leaning into the Charlize and all all the marketing but it would probably have been a young teenager it would be very disappointing as a teenage boy i can say that for myself i'm sure that's how i saw it was on video and i mean i probably did the the fast forward to see if there was another <laughs> section but james spader's involvement in it even then really put me off bud <laughs> yeah really, and really, I'm pro- you're killing I the mood even, even known who james spader was at the time and I just Who don't like his dork? swarmy fucking face and mouth, like all of it. Like he looks like, I guess it's you know given the uh, the time that he came of uh, of age in Hollywood, just some sort of preppy like John Hughes villain from like a an eighties teen comedy. Like just the the guy, the rich kid that you're supposed to hate throughout the whole movie. He gives me an uncanny valley kind of uh, response, where it's like Ooh, this is what I, I like this. this is what I feel like a human being that isn't a human being. <laughs> So this thing is really trying to convince me he is a human being, but he's not. I like him a lot better bald. I'll admit that. I like Takes him, the edge off a little bit. I wish that Robert California was in this movie instead of yeah. James Spader's nonsense. Yeah, I don't like him being the cool kid calling everyone else a loser. Uh, like it's, mm. they, they even, I guess they put that in the, the film as part of the plot that... Um, the guy that is wanting to kill himself uh, says to the uh, opposing hitman, who eventually will have this duel of the fates with uh, <laughs> Robert California, um, that you know sometimes like uh, a loser's word is worth more or has more honor than mm. a winner. 
Well, I, I know, everybody's I uh, word counts in this movie, apparently, because they're all a bunch of fucking losers. Like, <laughs> Except for Charlize. Well, yeah, well so. yeah, but she's fucking James Spader, and then she's having to like put up with his bullshit. Like, he sends her out to be the femme fatale. Uh, uh, realizing your worth there, Charlize. <laughs> and then he's constantly like, did you fuck that dude? And I'm like, I hope to God she's fucking somebody else other than you. Um <laughs> if you don't send your girlfriend as a honeypot if you're worried about her getting fucked by somebody else. Jesus Christ. And even in, you know, uh, I feel like um, this is uh, like most of our episodes where there's not much else to talk about. Let's just hone uh, in on the sex scene. He has Charlize Theron who is uh, spreading her legs for him, coming on to him, mm-hmm. and has played the honeypot. Um, has, you know, is participating in his uh, assassination business, making a, a family affair. And all he can talk about is other men, and then when it gets too physical for him, he goes uh, over to the uh, the bathroom sink and grabs a little hotel room bucket of ice and pours it down his pants to uh, cool himself <laughs> down from having sex with Charlie's throne. Now, Jared, the question mm-hmm. I have is, yes. I don't find any of that believable. No. As someone who's watching this, do you appreciate the filmmakers that you don't have to? They don't make us watch James Spader have sex with Charlie's <laughs> Throne. Or are you just so mad at the character that that's presented in front of him and he would rather have ice on his balls? <laughs> I will say uh, there's probably more relief that I didn't have to see more of James Spader. We got enough of Charlie's Throne. There's not going to be much more that happens in an R-rated film. I, you know, we've seen. You don't need simulated penetration with James Spader. He's the one doing the penetration. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You're uh, you're not going to sell me that James Spader is going to be able to have a woman that looks like this to begin with. Uh, at, <laughs> unless it is really at gunpoint. <laughs> or she's mentally deranged. <laughs> His most famous role is, uh, I, I would say, is probably uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh, where uh, he has any number of women like coming on to him. The, the basic gist of his character in that film is that he uh, films women talking about their sexual experiences but doesn't have sex with them. And then he masturbates to all the stories they tell uh, at, like, when they're gone. Hey, not hey, not in a Louis C.K. way, but <laughs> they've left the room. Let me get these three padlocks and then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just an old... Old timey creep without doing mm. anything that could be construed as criminal. Um, that's and you know what? That's the character of his I like the most. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're a weird little shit, <laughs> and you, you don't deserve you to get what? your junk out except in the uh, you know it has to be completely private. You and you alone. That's it. I like it when you're weird and it's obvious. I don't gotta <laughs> wonder about. <laughs> I don't gotta wonder if you're behind me or not. <laughs> It's out the open. I know what to expect of you. We're back into our Kevin Spacey material, I see. We've wandered (laughs) into it. (laughs) I I don't know if I loved or hated the fact that Danny Aiello was this supposed (laughs) John Wick wannabe. (laughs) His fat carcass. Getting into uh... gunfights and shit. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I mean... Not that it matters, but uh, apparently his backstory is uh, this woman kept uh, Glenn Headley, uh, who I believe has passed on. Uh, I didn't know her from uh, Dick Tracy. I think she was Dick Tracy's uh, lady who was... So that voice sounded first... familiar. I couldn't place it. Yeah, you know, she passed at 62 in 2017. That's, that's you know, far too young. But, Two days uh, in the Valley killed her. <laughs> you know, she was in Don John. 
so she's apparently in a lot of <laughs> a lot of movies about <laughs> fucking perverts. Uh, that would be the most recent thing. She was playing Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mother in that. Uh, not in a happy marriage, from what I remember, to Proud Tony role. Danza. Yeah. Uh, she has a type on screen, apparently. Um, like, really obnoxious uh, Italian men. Uh, <laughs> but the spoiler is that his character worked... She knew him from a pizza place that he worked at. So... Are we to make Jared that he <laughs> not he leaning make into it. that at all? <laughs> he couldn't make it in the '90s economy at a pizza place, so he had to kill people for money. <laughs> um, it, like you know, what what is it? <laughs> is he supposed to be a gangster that was hiding out at the pizza place, or is he a guy that's like? He's moving up in the world like, damn, I just want to make pizza for people, but I can't cut it, so i got to kill people. What, what is the purpose of that? Pizza's breaking my back. <laughs> i got to make a moment. <laughs> that's revealed in the last, like, 30 seconds. As some big grand, like, I, I, I know. I didn't want to say it before, but I know where I met you. And I'm like, is there some revelation? Like, he's... Oh. You know, she saved your life man. in Brooklyn or something. I don't yeah, know. No. Like, oh, yeah, no. you used to work at that pizza joint. It's no, like, no, uh, you worked at Goodfellas. You were flipping, <laughs> flipping pies in the back. <laughs> That's where I know you from. Yeah, an Italian Weird. that works in a pizzeria. Very progressive. You know, I I debated having uh, Dave, my co-host, on for that. Good choice. Is, you made the also right choice. Get away, Bobby! Yo, Bobby! He has a name we can't pronounce. The last name, uh, uh, not like a. Uh, the hitman's name of Dosmo <laughs> Pizzo here. Dosmo Pizzo. <laughs> you got to you got <laughs> It's a good thing that Italians are white. <laughs> yeah, we can pick on them, I guess. You know, it's it's cool on film Twitter. Um yeah, none of the names sound real here. This sounds like a, really. a fake script. Uh Charlize is playing Helga Svelgen. I don't know. <laughs> And then in her dying breath, is she speaking Swedish or what is it like Icelandic Norwegian? Norwegian? My one of my weird quirks is I always watch movies with subtitles. I don't know what it is. I just have to. Also, it tells you what language she said. Norwegian language. (laughs) That's all it was. All right. Um, (laughs) You know, Terry Hatcher is playing a character called Becky Fox. With two X's, this sounds like a. Uh, uh, I mean, my God, You're... Jeff Daniels Cop is like falling down. Cop is called. His name is Alvin Strayer. This is not that far off from like the fake movie that Mark Wahlberg does in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Dirk Dirk Diggler stars as you know Rock Hard or something. Say rock Hard. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're going really, really on the nose with your pulp uh, for this movie. It's. Okay, so what is it like? We we started this by saying this is uh, very much like this is not even Diet Coke Tarantino. This is mm. Big K Tarantino. <laughs> um, but Vincent Vega, it's a silly sounding name. How does that become? I mean, other than the quality of the film, and maybe that's all that it is. That becomes an iconic, cool character. Like people dress up as, in Halloween costumes as John Travolta as Vincent Vega. But here, if the movie doesn't work. We're like, Helga Svelgen, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> Becky Fox bullshit. It is uh, all to do with the writing and the plot. It has to be because, like you said, they're silly names, both of them. Both A and B, both silly names. But one is revered as a like holy grail of pulp 
uh, film, and the other one is a fucking joke that we were shitting on for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> that admittedly we picked for our well, jokey yeah. podcast. In the last episode, <laughs> I made mention, uh, if it makes the cut, because uh, Jared, God, Jared had far too many end credit zingers on First Watch Club, <laughs> where I'm like, we've only been talking for like 12 minutes. Do I end the episode there? Because that's the <laughs> shortest one yet. Um I, I made mention to our guest that uh, who was complaining that he's having to watch and record on the English Patient uh, tomorrow, and that's the best picture winner of this year. Sucks. Never consideration <laughs> Never to be on this show. To me, Fuck to- that. <laughs> Even going back to Pulp Fiction, it has some goofy moments. Like they're they're swing dancing in a fucking fifties themed uh restaurant that has the potential to be very cringeworthy but i mean everybody you know it's the way it's shot it's the way uh, the music and i don't know it just it works it all comes together but yeah. like yeah like imagine if <laughs> danny Ayo tried to do the vincent <laughs> vega like the making the little peace sign over your eyes like as you like sort of shake your head like just wobbling back and yeah. forth we would wonder what what the fuck is happening on screen right sorry, now sorry sorry i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> Thank you for listening to Silver <laughs> Cinema. You will not have the English patient uh, coming up in a future episode, which Jared, I looked, it was released uh, November 15th. Um, and what did I decide that we would cover what is instead? November 15th? We have The Mirror Has Two Faces. My God, was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is what I went That is a damning... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like i picked you know i love swingers it's not like i just went with a favorite no I, something i've never seen with barbara motherfucking streisand i'm like sure fine <laughs> that goes, whatever the, the the pick process for these movies the selection process obviously tier one is length <laughs> <laughs> that determines a whole lot of it <laughs> under two hours old the Mirror Has Two Faces is... Oh, it is two hours and six minutes, and it's the short new release. Because uh, English Patient... Oh, what English Patient is like one of the Hobbit movies or something. Mm, two hours and 42 minutes. That's uh, not happening. No. Mirror Has Two Faces, a little preview, 55%. <laughs> Splat mm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, picture oh. of her, the poster is... Her looks like she's got a fucking death group on the... Death group on the back of Jeff Bridges' neck, pulling him in, and he's holding strong. Uh, in a very airbrushed uh, poster. Uh, I don't know. It just looks like a New York rom-com, PG-13. Barbara's not going to get her, her goods out for that one. We're we're fine. We're good. Well, you know, I, but I had... With Jeff Bridges, either. I had enough from Bette Midler the other day. I don't need uh, any more mid, <coughs> mid-life white women <laughs> getting anything out. Charlie's though, she can stay. The scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm drunk. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? Want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. What about your character, Brock Landers, and what some people might consider violent attitudes towards women? Violence? No. What? 
I mean, if there's a certain amount of, you know, violence or action in this series of films, you know, that's the movie. If Brock Landers is slick with a gun, he does so only in the vein of good and right. Brock protects the values of the American ideal and fights for causes that instill pride in a society where morals are hard to come by. Who sent you? Who sent you? Get the fuck off me. Lie still, lie still, I'll punch you in the goddamn face. Fuck off. I'll find out who sent you. Amber, I live in this world. I don't like violence any more than you do. Violence is a bad thing. But when you see violence in films, it's, you know, if movies, films caused violence, we'd be able to wipe out violence tomorrow. Boom, no more films. That's fine with me. I'll find something else to do. I'll fuck on my own time. You know, I got other interests. I'm a magician. Um, and, you know, hopefully I like, you know, that will be something that I focus on in the future because you can't fuck forever. I realize that. Anyway, violence is something that plagues us as a society. Well, the fine line is I'm playing a character. You know, I mean, I'm Dirk Diggler. Brock Landers is a character that I'm playing. He's a law enforcement type of guy who is hired by people to stop these bad individuals. You know, I mean, how do you stop bad individuals? By saying, please, you know, stop drug smuggling and, you know, extorting and jewelry sales and stuff like that, what are you supposed to do? You know, it's like, in law enforcement, the one thing I learned when studying and preparing for this character was you have to deal with people in the way they're dealing with you. Criminals are violent, I'm dealing with murderers, you know, these women are obviously beautiful, but that is like a cover-up, that's like their costume, these people are wicked bad people. You know, and myself and Chest are every day putting our lives on the line to fight for justice. You know, Chest is always fighting for vengeance, for people who can't stand up and can't protect themselves. And I think it's important. I'm gonna ask you once more, and I'm gonna ask you nice. Where the fuck is Ringo, you bitch? Fuck you. Oh! Uh, why do I love him? Yeah. He's, uh... He's very special, and um, he can fuck hard, or he can fuck, like, really gently. He's the best. I'll tell you what, if I was looking for a best friend in life, I would want Chess Rockwell. You know what I mean? Because he, that guy, he'll take a bullet, he'll take a nunchuck, stand in the way of a karate blow, karate. Dirk would kill me for that. Um, can, we can cut, change that. He, uh, he'd stand in the way of a karate blow. Um, basically, he backs up Ch um, dirt chest, <laughs> it's all the same to me. Brock backs up Brock in any situation, and he's a master of the nunchuck. And I can't actually do this yet. I've been I've been working with the sensei. You can block a bullet with a nunchuck, and I have seen film of guys doing it. I'm not able to do it at this time. But if you bring that thing quick enough, you can't block the bullet. You can deflect the bullet. You can send the bullet in another direction. That's why karate is so important in these films. You know, we don't use weapons that much, unless they're using weapons. We fight crime with power, you know? You fight strength with strength, you know? And I think what we're doing is actually very good. And that's where that part, I think, comes into the whole family aspect of the film, because it shows that crime is bad. And then, you know, I think, 
I think ultimately audiences relate to our sense of justice. And when vengeance has to be served, Chest and Brock are there to stand up for the everyman.